Hello, and welcome to DE Classified, a podcast showcasing the history of destroyer escorts. Each month, a member of the USS Slater's education crew will highlight a specific destroyer escort and share the stories of the sailors who served aboard these trim but deadly ships. My name is Victor Montes, and I'll be your host of this episode. Today, I'll be covering DE-168, the USS Anik. The USS Amick was named after Eugene Earl Amick, and for the purposes of this episode, I'll be referring to the man as Eugene, and to the ship as Amick, just to clear up any possible confusion that may arise from the names here. Now, we don't know much about the personal life of Eugene, unfortunately. However, we do have some official records which can paint us something of a story that we can try to latch onto. Eugene was born in Boonville, Missouri on the 26th of January, 1919. He enrolled in William Jewell College sometime in 1937 and later graduated from there in 1941. Later on in 1941, on September 19th, Eugene enlisted in the United States Naval Reserve. After five months of service, Eugene was appointed to the rank of midshipman. After achieving that rank, Eugene entered the Midshipman School at Northwestern University. Upon his completion through the school, he was promoted to the rank of Ensign, and was assigned to the heavy cruiser USS Astoria, CA-34. The Astoria is one of the better-known ships of World War II, at least to my knowledge. She participated in such well-known battles as the Battle of Midway and the Battle of the Coral Sea. However, our tale brings us to her role in the First Battle of Guadalcanal, Something of a more tragic affair. The Astoria provided naval bombardments and other support to the Guadalcanal landings on the first day, specifically the Guadalcanal Tulagi landings. This carried through until the second day where she was transferred to go and help with the Savo landings. During this time, during the night, or really the early morning, a Japanese task force consisting of seven cruisers and one destroyer managed to sneak around the Savo Islands and engage the Astoria and her detachment. This Japanese task force accidentally surrounded the Astoria and began to bombard her, somewhat blindly, though eventually a lucky hit managed to destroy her superstructure, causing a giant inferno to rage there. Soon after, her number one gun turret and her plane hangers were knocked out as well. All of this caused a massive fire to spring out, which betrayed the Astoria's position to the Japanese forces. They soon dug into her like starving dogs, and the Astoria suffered 65 hits from enemy ships. Officially, 219 men were reported as casualties, missing or killed. Among these men was Eugene Amick. Meanwhile, at the Newark shipyards, a plethora of ships were being constructed by the Federal Shipbuilding and Dry Dock Company, among them the soon-to-be USS Amick. She was built early in 1943 and was finished within five months. The ship was sponsored by Eugene's then-widow, Mrs. Mary Amick. Amick was commissioned for service on the 26th of July, 1943. She was a cannon-class destroyer escort, which you likely know what this means by this point. Though, if this is your introduction to this series, I'll go over it, just in case. <laughs> 
She had a length of around 305 feet, a beam of around 37 feet, a displacement of 1,620 tons at full load, a top speed of 21 knots or around 25 miles an hour, and a range of 10,800 nautical miles. She sported a crew of 215, 200 of which were enlisted men and 15 of which were officers. She was propelled by four diesel-electric converted locomotive engines which powered two screws. She was armed to the teeth with three 3-inch 50 guns or 76mm guns, one 40mm Beaufort anti-aircraft gun, eight 20mm Orlikan anti-aircraft guns, three Mark 15 21-inch torpedo tubes, eight K-guns or depth charge ejectors, one hedgehog system, and two roller racks for depth charges. The Amic was part of Task Force 62. She was the flagship of Escort Division 15 of Task Force 62. She oversaw five ships, including herself. Of these, they included the Atherton, DE-169, her sister ship, the Booth, DE-170, the Carroll, DE-171, the Cooner, DE-172, and the Eldridge, DE-173. It was this escort division that carried out eight successful round trips across the Mid-Atlantic to supply Allied bases in the Mediterranean. She set out from various bases across the eastern seaboard of the U.S. as well as Allied bases nearby, and escorted merchant convoys to places like Gibraltar, Casablanca, Bizet, Palermo, and Oran. These escort missions occurred from January of 1944 to April of 1945. During all this time across all these missions, the Amic only ever engaged with the enemy forces once. This occurred on the 1st of August, 1944. A small German air detachment flew out to harass the escort division and the convoy she was escorting off Cape Bengut, which is just a little west of Algiers, Algeria. The German planes were repelled, and none of the Allied ships involved sustained any damage. So, something of a lucky break, I'd say. Soon, the Amex's service in the Atlantic would be coming to an end. So she was routed to Boston to be refitted and sent to the Pacific to continue operations in the Pacific Theater against the Japanese. It was at this point that the Amex encountered her second and generally last combat engagement during the war, the Battle of Point Judith. As the war was winding down, it became clear that Germany wasn't going to win. Karl Donitz, the then leader of Nazi Germany as Hitler killed himself, issued orders to all German submariner crews to surrender to Allied forces. One U-boat, however, U-853, refused this order and continued operations attempting to disrupt Allied shipping across the Atlantic. Three days before Nazi Germany surrendered to the United Nations, U-853 sank an American collier, Black Point, off the coast of Rhode Island. Black Point had several ships nearby come and rescue the remaining crew, and from there they sent out distress calls, which was received and answered by the 1st Naval District in Boston. The frigate Moberly, the destroyer Ericsson, and the destroyer escorts Amic and Atherton were diverted to the area to search for the U-boat. Now, before I get started, 
I do want to mention that this battle has been done in far more detail in a previous episode, that being of the Atherton herself, which was credited with the kill. If you wish to learn more about this battle in specific, I highly encourage you to take a look at that episode, or take a look at it again if you've already heard it. As the ships arrived, they began a sweep of the area with their late war sonar systems. They discovered a U-853 just after midnight, about eight, 108 feet down, and began bombardments on it with depth charges. Soon after, an oil slick was spotted and the ship was considered hit. However, other marks were appearing on other sonar systems and so attacks continued throughout the night. During this time, the Amic was called over to Boston to receive refitting so she could eventually head down to the Caribbean, the Caribbean to through the Panama Canal, and from there to San Diego to the Pacific. This was much to the chagrin of her crew as they wished to continue with the battle and get a taste of the glory, however, they eventually did comply and make their way off. Eventually, her sister ship the Atherton was credited with the kill, and the Amic did not receive so much glory. The Amic was transferred to the Pacific Fleet on May 5th of 1945. She sailed from Boston to Guantanamo Bay, where, when she arrived, she undertook a week of training, and then proceeded to the Panama Canal Zone. After crossing through the Panama Canal, she briefly based herself in San Diego, though she would soon depart for Pearl Harbor. After arriving at Pearl Harbor, the Amic underwent another two weeks of training, and from here she would continue several more escort missions as the war in the Pacific wound down. These operations largely took place in the Western Pacific, escorting Allied convoys to islands such as the Marshalls, Marianas, Ryukus, and Carolines. Late into the summer of 1945, the Amic became the flagship for the area's anti-submarine patrol. On the 23rd of August, 1945, the Amic was sent to Peleliu with a detachment of high-ranking marine and naval officers. Her mission here was to host surrender talks for all Imperial Japanese forces in the northern Palu Islands. Japanese officers were brought on board to negotiate terms, and by the 1st of September of that year, the Japanese forces had surrendered. Now, the Amic was only one of many destroyer escorts which filled that role the role being of mopping up any resistance left in various Japanese holdouts across the Pacific, bypassed entirely and left behind in the island-hopping campaigns of the Allies. Japan surrendered to the United Nations later on in September of that year. The amicated with occupation duties across the Pacific and generally celebrated as the war had finally ended. This celebration occurred for the next few months until November of 1945, the Amic began her long trek back to San Diego. She was retransferred to the Atlantic Fleet soon after arrival in San Diego, and then was sent to Green Cove Springs, Florida, to be mothballed. She remained mothballed for the next nine years, until on June 14, 1955, the Amic was loaned to the Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force under the Mutual Defense Assistance Program. This program aimed to essentially transform Japan into a U.S. base and bulwark against Soviet and communist Chinese influence in the region. 
These old DEs would serve as a sort of check against the Soviet submarine fleet, which was considered quite formidable at the time, though it must have brought up some confusing emotions in both the Americans who fought to defeat the Japanese and the Japanese who felt humiliated by the Americans. You can only imagine the scenarios that might have played out there. Now, during Japanese service, the USS Amic DE-168 was renamed to JDS Asahi, DE-262. Asahi means morning sun in Japanese, and has some pretty obvious symbolism associated with the national spirit of Japan at the time. The Asahi served under the Japanese for the, ne for the next 30 years, finally being returned to US service sometime in 1975. During her Japanese service, she did not see much action and was a relatively boring career for a ship that participated in the greatest war of all humanity. Asahi again returned to San Diego, where she was reclassified as a frigate by the Americans due to agreed-upon global conventions for naval standards at the time. In the following year, in 1976, the Asahi was sold to the Philippine Navy. She's renamed the BRP Daku Sikatuna. Her namesake in the Philippine Navy, Daku Sikatuna, was a chieftain of the Dapitan Kingdom of the Bohol Island in the Philippines, sometime during the early modern era. This chieftain made an alliance with Spanish conquistador Miguel Lopez de Legazpi, forging the first official treaties between the Philippines and the Spanish crown. This obviously holds great significance in the history of the Philippines, living with the legacy of previous Spanish colonialism. In 1979, the Daku Sikatuna was sent up to South Korea for refitting. This would be to modernize her weapons systems, sonars, radars, and a few other things. This refitting would take around a year and finish sometime in 1980. And then, for the next nine years, from 1980 to 1989, the Daku Sikatuna served as the flagship for the Philippine Navy. Again, it was not a very long or livid career, however, it was done with honor. Though, in 1989, the poor ship was scrapped. Her saga ended. However, her legacy, the legacy of her crew and the missions she performed shall live on through history. Through us, through you, and through anyone who remembers. Thank you for listening to DE Classified. This podcast is brought to you by the Destroyer Escort Historical Museum aboard the USS Slater. You can find a transcript of this episode, accompanying photos, and a bibliography at ussslater.org slash declassified. I'm Victor Montes, and I hope you join us next month to declassify the story of Frank Slater aboard USS San Francisco.